0: learned long ago and to this day I I truly mean it empathy is what drives me because it truly is all about the people and I really don't care where you are who you are again business uh, nonprofit religious etc it's all about the people connecting with the people understanding the people making sure they understand you communicating the right way knowing what they're looking at everyone wants to be seen and everyone wants to be heard we've heard that millions of times now from so many incredible people all over the world that are in personal development and I've lived by that and so again when you're it's a product or a service that you're selling if it's an organization that's looking for volunteer help it truly is all about the people and I focus solely on them and when you have the right people who feel wanted needed and heard you get the best results from them
1: Yo, Ryan Hartley here from Always Better Than Yesterday. These are the interview sessions where I put my curious questions to inspiring people. If this is the first time that you've joined us here at the Always Better Than Yesterday community, thank you for taking the time out of your day. I hope time spent with us leaves you feeling better in your heart and in your mind in some way. These interview sessions are brought to you by our great friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com For stunning websites at sensible prices. Today, on episode 120, I am joined by Steve Farbstein. Steve and I connected through Clubhouse. And if you've not been on Clubhouse, it is an audio platform. And the day we connected, I just heard values-based leadership come from Steve. And I just felt so positive. I felt good to know that there was more people out in the world that talked about the heart-centered leadership that we talk about here at Always Better yesterday. So I knew that I had to get him on. We have an amazing conversation about leadership, what it means to serve, parenthood and all the challenges that that can bring. It's an amazing conversation. Steve has been a leader in in many organizations, ranging from corporate world to nonprofit, serving as a volunteer, chair of a, a national volunteer council for over 30 years. There's so much wisdom in this conversation. I really hope it speaks to you today and inspires your leadership in some way. Please do share it with someone else's leadership that you wish to inspire. And that's enough from me. I've been Ryan Hartley. I'm your host. And this is Steve Farbstein. Always love. Steve, I'm so glad that we've made time for you to come on the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast. How are you, my friend?
0: I am doing great this morning, Ryan, and I'm just so uh, thrilled to be here and to see you in person. It's wonderful. It's
1: great, isn't it? And I guess the reason why we're saying that is because you and I connected via Clubhouse, and um, you. Let me um, let me share a story around when we first came across. I think it, we we were in a room uh, with with a good friend, Heather Parody. I think we were, she was connected with your son. She'd interviewed your son previously, and I think was the first time we connected. The day of the Capitol building was was it that day?
0: That's was it before? yes yeah
1: and we had an amazing conversation about hope and what brings us hope we're flipping the script around what kind of the media was saying around the our future and you just you just shared some insights around leadership that just reminded me that that there are <clears throat> excuse me there are other good people out there doing great things have a great heart for leadership and i just couldn't wait to have you come on the show and and hear more about you and your story and, and how someone shapes such leadership values that you have. So welcome.
0: Great to be here. Thanks so much, Ryan.
1: I'd love to hear more about your leadership story, your leadership journey. And how do you, how does one shape the values with which you bring to leadership right now?
0: Well, sure. So I've worn lots of different hats in my life. And so I'll start with my, my give back leadership uh, I have always thought that life was more than just going to work and coming home and you know that type of lifestyle. And so at a very early age, I got involved in nonprofit work mm-hmm. and I liked it. I liked the idea that somebody or something might be needing to be done or somebody needed hope or somebody needed help. And I said, mm-hmm. you know what? I can do that. I've got the time. Uh, I might have the means or the resources. And so I started my journey, if you will, just getting involved with nonprofits. And I guess some of the folks that I was involved in saw something in me that said, this guy has some qualities uh, that we can take to lead us, if you will. And so I learned what to do to make sure people can be seen, that Mm -hmm. people can be heard, uh, to be grateful, to show empathy. And quite frankly, I just spent a lot of time thinking about those things and what can put me in the light in someone's eyes to say, let me help you get to the next level, whether it's in business, uh, whether it's in nonprofit, whether it's in family. And quite frankly, I've just started building off of that over the years. And on the nonprofit side, I worked my way up into some chairmanship roles with some various organizations. On the business side, I worked myself up to heading up divisions within banks and and other companies. And to me, it's a a little bit of a mindset, but I never, ever, Ryan, went by the title of leader. Mm. I don't like to call myself a leader. I don't think that's fair. I'd love for you to think of me as one, but I don't want to say, hello, everyone, I'm a leader. And for full disclosure, I'm not exactly sure what a leader is simply because it means so many different things to so many different people. And I just try to be in the moment and what an organization for nonprofit needs might be very different than the qualities that a bank might need or a different organization might need. So I've also learned to adjust and adapt and wear the right hat to make sure I'm fitting in to where I am. And I hope that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. One of the best conversations we've had or that I've heard you share your ideas on is, is success. And um, yeah, what's your take on success?
0: Yeah, I I can't stand the word, quite frankly. Um, And the reason I can't stand the word is, once again, it means so many different things to so many different people. So the first thing I tell people is I want the definition of success to be mutually agreed upon. Because if Ryan's thinking success means this and Steve is thinking success means that, it's not mutually agreed upon. And the best example I'll give you would be in the corporate world is success getting to the top of the ladder and being the CEO of the company? Is success the opposite? Not getting to the the top, which sometimes might mean working 20 hours a day, traveling all over the country, all over the world, the pressure and the tension, and not that that's not the case with everybody. Mm -hmm. Success might be to someone else. I leave my job when it's over I come home and see my family, and I have dinner every night, and I might be coaching my son or daughter's uh, sports team, and I might be taking walks at night, if you will, and I know I'm being dramatic, but what I don't like is if you're judging me by success in the corporate world, you might think less of me. If you're judging me by success in the nonprofit world, you might think less of me. If you're judging me financially, and my best example is I know a ton of people, unfortunately, their measurement of success is financial. Yes. The size of your house, the size of your car, uh, what you can spend money on, all the food yep. on your table. And that bothers me when it's not my definition of success, mm-hmm. because those people may not have great family life. Uh, just because you're traveling the world, eating the best food, driving the nicest car, doesn't mean you're a good or a nice person. Mm-hmm. If it makes you happy, I'm thrilled. And if it's your definition of success, I'm more than thrilled but it may not be mine or yours. And that's my challenge is the way all of us, you know, just have different definitions of it. And again, I think that's fine. I just want there to be a mutually, a mutually agreeable respect so that Ryan, if you say it's this and Steve says it's that, I respect you for your opinion and mm-hmm. hopefully you'll respect me for mine.
1: And we're talking at an individual level and I guess it's even harder when we go into workplaces where there are cultural values placed upon those things.
0: There are, and as I said, I grew up in corporate America. And unfortunately, part of the mindset with many is, how do I get to the next level? And a perfect example, there are many that think that working so many hours is that, okay, that's how I get it. Mm -hmm. And what I've learned is that might be the case in some companies. And yet sometimes it's simply who you know. Ryan, if you and I work together and you start moving up the corporate ladder, and then you say, you know what? I know Steve, we've worked together. He's got some you know, great skills at work. I might, because of you, be brought up the wrong. And so you know, that concept of sometimes it's who you know, uh, skill sets, again, I think you and I have been around the block long enough to know it looks a little different everywhere you turn. And as long as everybody's got that same lens that sees it the same way, I'm in good shape. And that's where I, I, I kind of fit in better.
1: Mm. You use the word empathy uh, in our conversations. What, why is empathy a, such a powerful word in, in your leadership heart set?
0: You know, it, it, it's everything I learned long ago. And to this day, I, I truly mean it. Empathy is what drives me because it truly is all about the people. And I really don't care where you are who you are, again, business, uh, non-profit, religious, etc. It's all about the people, connecting with the people, understanding the people, making sure they understand you, communicating the right way, knowing what they're looking at. Everyone wants to be seen and everyone wants to be heard. We've heard that millions of times now from so many incredible people all over the world that are in personal development, and I've lived by that. And so, again, when you're, it's a product or a service that you're selling, if it's an organization that's looking for volunteer help, it truly is all about the people. And I focus solely on them. And when you have the right people who feel wanted, needed and heard, you get the best results from them.
1: I think the legacy of a leader is the uh, the leaders that they create. And, um, you know, your son's making his own mark now. He, he's he's a leader in his own right in, in the space with which he's in. I, I'd just love to know some of the ways that you have have led. You talked about in the home and parenting is equally as an important leadership role and responsibility. I'd love to know what it's been like for you, for you and your parenting journey.
0: Sure. It's been an incredible challenge, to be quite mm-hmm. frank. When you have a son who is so physically different, mm-hmm. physically different, I can control what I do and I can control my partnership with my wife as to what we can do inside of our home outside of our home it's a totally different thing. Yeah. I can't control people staring you know when somebody's physically different. I can't control when people are bullying and unfortunately there are some mean people out there that mm-hmm. say mean things and do mean things and with the rise of social media it's made it even worse. You know, Ryan when I grew up bullying because there was no social media was done face to face so if someone didn't like someone or said something it was to their face if you, you and you knew who it was. With the world of, of cyber, you don't know who it is. Uh, the laws, quite frankly, uh, protect those that perpetrate the crimes versus the victims, as we've lived through. And so, my wife Sylvie and I, you know, first focus on what we can do inside of our home. And inside of our home, we were able to set the ground rules like any parents mm-hmm. and then adjust to what physical challenges. And for those that don't know the story, my son was born with a very rare form of dwarfism. He stands three foot nine. He's one of 84 documented medical cases of that particular condition. So there was no game plan. And Ryan, there's no uh, playbook. Oh, you'll have a, a son or daughter with some challenges. Here's what to do. Turn to page three and look at the second paragraph and here's what you do. It's not like that. So you adapt and you adjust and you figure out what you need to do to protect your child and make them as loved and fulfilled as you can, knowing full well the obstacles out there are not in your favor. And so what we simply have done is, I don't know if that's leadership uh, versus survival. And my wife and I say the same thing, and again, I'll be fully transparent with you, we did the best we could um, Mm -hmm. under the circumstances. And yet that being said, I hope it's okay. You know, Brandon turned out okay. He's an, an incredible leader. He's a thought leader in the world of diversity, equity, inclusion, on uh, disabled people's rights, on personal development, and himself on empathy. His platform's built on elevating empathy. And I hope some of what I've shown has rubbed off on him. But I will also commend him. He's done a lot of work himself. And he's gone through counseling, and he's gone through more at 21 than most people have literally done in, in a lifetime. And so part of it was just setting an example and trying to be, quite frankly, professional in the home, Try not to break down, because trust me, it's pretty easy to break down when you're a parent and you see your son or your daughter going through other challenges. And uh, again, you just stick within your partnership. If you have someone at home, uh, you, as, as we put it, we have an amazing A-team. Uh, that we've surrounded ourselves by, friends, extended family, et cetera. And it's nice to see that they were so helpful in offering comfort to say, what can we do to help you? Yeah.
1: I love that. Where does your um, humility come from?
0: Uh, you know what? I, I don't know. I, I learned long ago uh, that I'm just going to do what I think is best. And I can't compete in certain circles. And quite frankly, I have chosen not to. And you know, back to that success thing, I chose Ryan, for example, to live in a community that I like, not where there perhaps might've been better opportunity. I chose to not, quite frankly, stay with a certain company years ago where they would have required me to travel across the country. Which at the moment, because of Brandon and my daughter, Brooke, I didn't think was appropriate to say, Hey guys, we're gonna pick up now two years later and move to here, here, here. Again, fine if people do. Please don't. I don't wanna criticize that. It just wasn't right for my family. And so I basically decided here's who I am. That's it. Here's who I am. Here's what makes me happy. And I'm gonna stick to my guns to my guns. So Ryan, if you're disappointed that I'm not the CEO of a major mega corporation being interviewed on your podcast, I'm sorry. My name is Steve and here I am. If you would like me to be wealthier so that I could donate to the charity of your choice, I don't have those means, if you will, based on choices that I've made. And back to, I made the decision of the definition of success for me. And that was to do my own thing and to draw my own conclusions of what happiness would be. And, and that's it. And quite frankly, we all want to be seen and heard, including me, uh, mm. but I'll stick to my guns so that if somebody doesn't see me and doesn't hear me, I'm not going to do anything different than be true to myself. Mm. I hope others follow in that because that's really to me creating the balance. And, and someone like you, there are very few people I've met that simply lead from the heart. And that's quite frankly, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that's That's the true definition, right? Of I'm leading from the heart because it makes me happy. And and that's where it comes from. I don't want to be in the rat race. Uh, And again, I also have realized and what I love best about my circle of friends, no one judges. Mm -hmm. No one judges, right? I don't care that shirt, how much it costs. I don't care the domicile that you live in. I want you to be a good man and a good person. And if that's the case, we'll be friends and we'll be colleagues and we'll stay in touch. And if you're not, you know, then then that's not the type of person. And I think what I'm most proud of, I have stuck to my guns and I don't deal with people that I don't care for. I don't chase you on business as you don't see value of doing business together. I move on. I respect. That's how you think. And I move on. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, the irony is this is exactly why I brought you on the podcast. I don't need you to be anything other than yourself and. And I think when you, when you start to lead from a position of understanding your own values, you, you see that in other people. In a, and, and that was why it was so refreshing on that club call. is like, here's a guy that's speaking my language. He, he's saying things, and like you, you, you know your people when you, when you've experienced it.
0: Sure.
1: We are both raising brooks. I have a, a brook. She is six years old. I My experience of raising a Brooke is challenging me to be a better father every single day. What's your experience of raising a Brooke?
0: So my daughter, Brooke, is an amazing young woman. uh, And the challenge is you mentioned my son who had a physical challenge. Brooke, our firstborn, had no physical challenge. And quite frankly, the challenge that we're having and had is it's hard to be the sibling and to be mm-hmm. the daughter of someone in a household that quite frankly gets attention from the outside world just because. Yep. Uh, my daughter is amazing. She is was the homecoming queen of her high school. Uh, she had a great college career. She's got a wonderful job. She's the type of human being that, that sat with kids at lunch that were sitting by themselves, mm-hmm. not for community service and not because she had to. She wanted to. So talk about a legacy, rub off. I hope. She saw some of that in her mom and I. Mm-hmm. And I hope she felt that it was nice to do as a person. Uh, but quite frankly, it's hard raising a kid in today's world as well, Ryan, mm-hmm. whether it's, you know, in England or in the United States, uh, you know, the outside world with drugs and social media and wanting to be to the next level. You know, thank God my daughter was a grounded, incredible individual. But the flip side is she lived with a brother. Who just garnered significant attention from the outside world and had medical challenges we had hospital stays where she had to you know go spend time with extended family Mm. Uh, that wasn't getting rid of her that was it to say you know go have fun and not worry about all the challenges if you will but it's hard internally we always made you made a point to make sure she felt as part of this family and team uh, as you can but again externally uh, it was hard to do the good news is she turned out to be an amazing woman and we couldn't be prouder
1: Mm. i love that thank you for sharing that and um you know not all marriages would have survived the challenges that you must have faced like how do, how do you reflect back on that now
0: yeah uh, you know same thing as as any partnership uh constant communication mm. a constant expectation setting uh, mm. continually thinking of trying to you know be positive and proactive you know mm. it's but you hit the note marriage is hard under <laughs> any circumstance mm. right marriage you got to make work marriage, you can't let outside factors, you know, uh, affect that partnership or relationship. Mm-hmm. Now the good news for, for me, I was a little bit older when I got married, and I knew what I wanted. Uh, and I also didn't have any baggage. It wasn't a rebound love affair. I met someone who I quite frankly, uh, I tell the story, there was a feeling I had when I met Sylvia that I've never ever had before. And I dated a lot. It was being comfortable. I was comfortable. I was relaxed. I was myself. There was no pretending. And it just felt right. And again, there was nothing pushing me away from anything, nothing to make me run from a woman who didn't have this or didn't have that, if mm. you will. It was comfortable. But it's been a constant you know, uh, work. A- and it's, again, looking for outside help from friends and family when needed, uh, mm. taking care of ourselves. Sylvia has been involved in personal development these last number of years, which has been a huge help. Uh, again, raising kids, and I don't know how old your kids are, but when they get into the teen years, it is tough. Mm. And again, it's making sure that you guys are on the same page. And I think mm. we were. But I also don't want to, you know, say if it was all, you know, rose petals on the ground, mm. absolutely had our share of challenges and absolutely work, you know, through them like most, you know, married couples should, should be doing. It's easy to run. It is easy to run and it's easy to say, I'm not going to deal with this you know, we chose to jump into the fire when there were issues, as opposed to running from anything. But trust me, it is work. And it's constant work. And just Mm -hmm. so that I don't mislead anyone. It's work now. Right? It doesn't right. the challenges don't go away. The changes in life don't go away. It's it's constant.
1: Yep, true story. Five years time, I will be a parent of a teenager. (laughs) (laughs) My eldest is eight, and my youngest is six. So yeah, very much in the middle of homeschooling here in in England, as I said before. You know, very much the lockdown look and the homeschooling look is being worn at the moment. Um, you you talk about the how you felt um, seeing your now wife, but it took ninety five blind dates to get there. What what's that story?
0: <laughs> it, it did so that that sounds like like a lot, but so here's the deal. So I realized. Uh, back in my, I guess, mid-20s, it was so much easier to get set up by friends and families and people Mm. you meet than it was to find them elsewhere. So my claim to fame and what you should be proud of me of, those 95 blind dates, they were no internet, no social media, no Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. Uh, The only technology out there was an answering machine to leave messages on. So what happened was I just put the word out to, to people I knew and met Listen, if you know someone who is looking to meet someone, you know, in the, if as, as a potential partner, I would love for you to introduce me. I wasn't obnoxious about it. Uh, what I loved, Ryan, is I never got rejected because it was already set up. I also had great expectations. I was looking to meet someone nice. That's it. I didn't say she had to be this or that, if you will. I kind of said, look, if they are unattached, if they're looking, if you will. You know, I said, obviously, uh, certain you know, stipulations that I, I you know, shared with people. But outside of that, I just wanted to be a nice person. How bad could a date be with a nice person? And that's why people had these mismatched activities. Oh, how pretty is she? Or you know, how wealthy is she? Or what does she do? Mm. None of that, if you will, because I also did some self-analysis. I think I'm a decent man. If they're looking to meet a decent man, here I am. So anyway, I put it out there and it was amazing how that network worked. People loved setting me up. Their cousins, their friends from school, their colleagues at work. Uh, The joke I will have for you is I'm also amazed with certain people. They had no sense of geography. So I would be set up with people literally all over the country. Oh, I have a niece in, you know, Oklahoma, or my cousins in Fort Lauderdale, or a good friend in San Diego. It was like, hey, folks, you know, I'm in Virginia. But I literally, you know, I, I joke with people, I think the Dakotas are the only two states I didn't have dates in. Uh, that, <laughs> that, that's a joke. But my point is, it just worked out great. And again, no rejection. They were pre-screened, right? So I knew. So if they would have said, you know, she's 85 years old, I said, no, that no offense to that age, it's probably a little older than I'm looking for, you know, that type of thing. Or she doesn't plan on staying here. She wants to live, you know, in a different country. And if that wasn't part of what I saw as my future, I was able to also pass. And it worked out great. And again, I handled it well, had conversations. And Ryan, there was a good example too of of a little bit of the success factor. Because my routine was I'd call them first. Oh, Ryan said, you know, I'm glad Ryan, you know, wanted to introduce us. And quite frankly, if they weren't nice, and it happened three or four times, if they didn't have a personality that was warm, if they didn't seem interested, actually, I never went on the date. You know, listen, thank you. And quite frankly, not that it's good to not call back, but I did because that wasn't a person I wanted to spend time with. I truly was true to form. I wanted nice and I wanted personable and I wanted a warm human being. And also, I wanted to make sure I was what they wanted.
1: Mm-hmm. How do you think, like everything you've just said, like I'm just seeing there's so much crossover to business and relationships and the way that, like, how have you taken that with you? Do you, do you apply some of those principles?
0: I apply all of those principles, everyone. (laughs) In fact, you may, if you go onto my LinkedIn, I wrote an article about that, comparing the business world of networking uh, to my dating experience. And it's exactly Mm. the same thing. It's putting the word out, getting you exposed. And I mean, exposed in a good way. Uh, (laughs) It's sharing experiences. It's communicating. It's following up. It's Mm. following up. Hey, Ryan, do you remember you mentioned your cousin, Sheila? Uh, Is anything happening with that? And I would do it in, again, a nice way. So it's learning how to communicate, how to put yourself out there. It's the overlap is amazing. It's also self-awareness, right? It's also looking for a prospect for sales, selling the deal, getting the deal. It's exactly the same thing, which is why I wrote that article, you know, putting two together there are bad ways to do it. And I'd like to think I've developed best practices, right, so that it's not obnoxious. I never said, hey, Ryan, I'm desperate. Oh, Ryan, you have to fix me up. Hey, Ryan, I gotta meet your friend. It's like, I I wanted not to be pushy, uh, but I also learned to be uh, aware and make you aware. Again, Mm -hmm. so you find out what follow-up techniques, you find out how to follow up. Sometimes it's a text. Sometimes it's a call. Sometimes it's an email. Sometimes Mm. it's a Facebook message. In today's world, back then it wasn't, but it's progressed into that. So quite Mm. frankly, you can't make a sale. If you see there's a blue sign that says sales statistics, you can't make a sale if you don't ask. And sometimes it takes 12 to 15 follow-ups and touches, you know, to make a sale. And while I don't want to say dating is selling, you know, the concept of meeting new people sort of is.
1: You know, and with such experience as well comes the the peace and the knowledge that the ego can just rest because sometimes it's not about us. You know, I'm sure there was a number of experiences where you followed up and they just had stuff going on, you know, but in our own absence of stuff happening. Oh, what is it about me? Do they not like, you know, is that resonating?
0: Like you wouldn't believe because Mm. we have something bad in our society, business and in dating. We don't know how to communicate. No. We don't know how to say not interested. So what do we do? We don't respond. Uh, I can't tell you how many emails I send in business or looking to connect with somebody for a non-partner, uh, for a nonprofit partnership opportunity and no response. And yeah. people don't know, say, Ryan, thanks so much, but we're not interested or we're dealing with another company or don't have the resources. People just don't respond. And of course they'll say they're busy and that is the case with many, but to, to say no to something legitimate or to somebody that you were connected to. And it's the same thing with dating. Right now, when you're no, no longer interested, what happens in that relationship? In my experiences, you just don't respond mm. because it's hard to say, Ryan, you know what? You're really not my type. Ryan, mm-hmm. I'm looking for someone different, whatever the different might might be, and we don't wanna hurt your feelings. And yep. so rather than hurting your feelings, of course, there's different ways to position it. We simply don't respond. And unfortunately, because we don't respond, what happens is the person doesn't know, doesn't know. Yep. Was I you know, not, not good looking enough? Was I not nice enough, rich enough? Did I live in an area that you had no interest in moving to? It could have been a thousand different things. Mm. And unfortunately it's hard. I wish we would be a little bit more empathetic into simply responding. And it's okay to say, I I haven't figured this out. I'm working on this one, by the way. How do you say to somebody, Ryan, you are a fantastic man. And you have so many great qualities. It's just not what I'm looking for. And it would be nice for companies to do that as well, because not all of them say the same thing if you interviewed for a job. You know, Ryan, you've got a great skill set. I love your background, but we've interviewed a few other candidates that we feel would be a better fit based on their experience, their knowledge, Mm -hmm. their background and education, etc. We don't do that as well as we should, because saying no has been challenging for so many people.
1: Mm. I'm trying to remember a quote. I think it's by a a former CEO called Stephen Kelly. And I think he says everyone deserves to be a rock star. Just this might not be your place to be the rock star.
0: Perfect. Perfect. That's all. Mm. And and Mm. by the way, there is someone out there for for everybody. And in in employment, I tell people, and one of the things when I talk to people that are sad about a rejection from a job, or more importantly, a rejection from a potential partner, this is going to sound crazy, but I look at that as such a positive. Mm. And the reason I see it as such a positive is why would I want to be with someone that has no interest in me? Mm. One of the things that I loved most about my wife is she seemed so interested in me. There was never, ever a moment where I had that awkward feeling. Does she like me? Is she interested? Should I call? It just felt right. So there wasn't that head game. And shouldn't it be that way with everybody? Mm -hmm. And as I've told anyone, when someone then there's a breakup, it hurts, I get it. No one likes a breakup. No one likes getting a a job declination, right? No one likes not getting the proposal. But the flip side is I've turned that around, especially on the personal side to say, you know what, if I'm not number one in their eyes and they don't see me as their partner, it hurts a little bit. But I'd like to get over that because I want to be the person that you're crazy about. I want that company to say, Steve, oh, my goodness, with your track record, you'd be so great working for our company. We'd love to have you. Right. I want to I guess it's feeling wanted and mm. the opposite of not feeling wanted and needed means move on. There's something better out there for you.
1: It takes a lot of faith.
0: Yes. Yes. That's it. Okay. Yeah. That's it. I just had a discussion with someone. Uh, the, the, she was upset about her son. He met a woman. Uh, she the woman stopped communicating. And I said to her. I get it. It hurts. And he's upset. Mm -hmm. But don't do you not see she's not interested. Ryan, if I wasn't interested in this podcast, I -hmm. wouldn't be here. Mm -hmm. If I was interested in having a meaningful dialogue, I wouldn't be here. And hopefully you take that. Well, Steve rejected my request. He's not interested. Move on. There are Mm -hmm. other people that might be that type of thing. And again, that chase mentality is something that I just don't believe that people should do in any parts of their lives. Yeah.
1: The way I communicate that to my community is that we're all given gifts and talents and they're not for us they're for the one or the many in the world who already need it and when you have that heart set that assumes that there are people out there even if it's just one you know even if it's just one
0: it It only takes one only Mm. takes one clubhouse is a perfect example this new platform of people you know trying to position themselves as thought leaders or Mm -hmm. industry knowledge etc and i'm i'm being on clubhouse who i am which is me I'm not looking to, you know, conquer the world. If somebody thinks I'm a thought leader in a certain subject, I'd love mm-hmm. for them to join any of the rooms I'm in and doing. And if they don't, let them be well. If but these people that are out there that are setting false expectations or just yep. trying to put themselves out, you know, themselves out there. You know, I struggle with that, you know, by the way, in terms of yep. With these people that are experts. Like we said earlier in our conversation, yep. I really don't know what that means, but I yeah. certainly want you to call yourself an expert. I'd like to make that judgment of you. Yeah.
1: Sure. And I think that's what happens when you, when you understand that, you know, it's a lifelong journey of, of learning, lifelong leader, you know, a, a Always. learner. Always. For as long as I've positioned myself as a lifelong learner, I'll, I'll never self-identify as an expert, but yep, yeah, but yet many people do and, and it sells and many people fall for it. And, and, you know, and, and I'm not here saying it's right. We've been talking about.
0: Ryan, you are just froze up on that last one. Would you repeat that?
1: Yeah, no, I was was just saying, I think it's the internet, with with homeschooling, I was just saying that, you know, when there are many people that do lead in that way, and, and it's not to say it's right or wrong, you know, they will make success, whatever that means to them, and but I guess that's when it comes back to your own integrity as a leader and, and your own values.
0: That's all, you know, I, I'm learning, you know, that this, with influencers, it's all about number of followers, that type of thing. And, and I get it. Yeah. I, I'd like to think that people are gaining them for the right reasons, not because they've done something bad and get followers or, you know, they're leading you to a, the, the, a different mindset. That's all to, to each his own. And to your point, I'd love to make sure that people are well thought out enough to know whom to mm. follow. Now, mm. whose words to live by you know and who makes that impact that will help take them to the next level i do encourage people just like you said learning until you die as far as i'm concerned mm. i'm getting on uh, every day i'm on webinars at my old age still learning and picking up tricks and tools and best practices and all of these things it's constant and quite frankly it is constant because of all the new technology and right you got to stay on top of everything so i've made that a point of you know trying to continue to sharpen the saw as stephen covey said in his you know seven habits book because you need to
1: i love that i'm curious there's so many awesome things in in the background on, on the wall what is one thing on your wall that uh, you're really proud of
0: oh gosh well uh I think uh, the the top there, the March of Dimes, which has been an organization so near and dear to me, my 30 years of a volunteer and just finished my role as their National Volunteer Leadership Council Chair. I received a Lifetime Achievement Award and that was so meaningful. Uh, I don't do what I do for recognition. I really don't. As a matter of fact, I put the plaques up just because it was an honor to get all of them. But I'll tell you the story of the best recognition that I got Uh, when I received that award at this banquet. Uh, one of the young ladies who was born prematurely and spent six weeks in the NICU in the hospital came over and gave me a hug. And here's a, a baby that was not supposed to make it. And then at that time she's eight years old, bubbly, beautiful, smart. Came over to give me a hug to say thank you. And better than any plaque you'll ever get.
1: Well, I hope that after 30 years of you know service, that you get reminded every day the impact of the leadership that you've shown and. Yeah, I hope, I hope that you get that in return because that is uh, that's an incredible level of service. And, you know, I just I just, just hope that, that in some way life shows you the ripple effect that, that you'll you'll have had.
0: Sure. sure. Well, you know, the, the, the true meaning of service is not looking for anything, but, you know, when, when you get something like that or a note from someone that, you know, you made an impact in their life, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. incredibly meaningful. I also coach and teach people. We don't recognize enough. We don't recognize enough, especially in the volunteer world, and the people that go above and beyond. And it doesn't have to be financial recognition—a phone call, a little note, a small little gift, if you will. You know, those type of things are so meaningful. Don't give a plaque or an award because you have to. You know, say thank you because you want to, and make it meaningful.
1: I'm really grateful for your time. I'd love to know what your um, what you think of the phrase "always better than yesterday."
0: I love it. That, that's it. It's quite frankly, proactive, moving mm. forward. And I think uh, I, I learned a phrase that says, you know, the only thing you should compare yourself is to who you were yesterday. Right? Absolutely. You know, back to this whole discussion of, of where we've been through. Who was I yesterday? Can I be better today? And I, I, I love that concept. I love forward, moving forward, mm. positive mm. impact, etc. So anybody that has that mindset, I'm going to stick with. Love it.
1: Steve, thank you for your heart. Thank you for your mind. Really grateful for your time. I really enjoy spending time with you properly. Um, And I'd just be honored if you can leave us with a final thought from your good self.
0: Oh, sure. Well, uh, first, I I wanted to commend you, Ryan. Not many people out there are putting people and empathy first like you are. So my final thought is I'd hope folks that are watching this podcast and around the world today will have that same mindset. You know, it's all about people. It's all about being empathetic. It's all about positive mindset. Uh, I love, you know, this platform, and I'd love to think that if people uh, had more of that mindset, we'd be an incredible place to be. I love it.
1: Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Ryan. There we go. Episode one hundred and twenty with Steve Fabsteep. I really hope that that's inspired you in your heart and in your mind in some way. Thank you for making it to the end of the episode. Really appreciate you. Any time that you spend with us, I will never take it for granted. So thank you. As I do at the end of most interview sessions, I reflect on the things that really stand out for me. And I I just love um, that it's all about the people. You, You know, if you've listened to this podcast long enough, you know I'm all about people, empathic, truly caring leadership that serves others i admire steve's humility um and yeah there was just something humorous about the lessons from his 95 blind dates i wonder whether that story got brought to life in your imagination and whether you're able to apply some of those principles to your own leadership the way that you show up in your own life thank you for listening i've been ryan hartley your host This is the always better than yesterday podcast. If you're not subscribed, I'd love it if you would so that you can come back and join us next time. Always love.